Hello and welcome to episode 128 of the Deep Line podcast powered by FMG. Kind of. My name's at 10 Potatoes FM, and I have to hold my hands up this week, guys. We had an absolutely brilliant podcast lined up for you with uh, with my co-host James Jones of FootballFanCast.com, and we also had a very special guest, uh, a guy going by the name of Jack Brazil, who is coaching uh, a team down in the Cayman Islands currently. Our theme was going to be international management, what with it being an international break. And one thing we've learned this week, folks, is that podcasts go a damn sight better if the host presses record. Yes, would you believe it? Somebody who has done at least seven podcasts in his life, and some of them have gone down okay, didn't manage to press the right button when he'd managed to get all the people in the room at the same time. It was even going to sound as good as other podcasts with the new system that actually makes a sound crystal clear, so you can really hear what our accents are like rather than the garbledness of, uh, of using Skype. So, I can only apologise for that, but we're going to still crack on in a certain kind of way the best that we can. Now, the uh, the international management theme is still very much in, in place, and the reason why we invited Jack Brazil on, and don't worry, we'll get him on again in the future, was that on FM12, he managed to lead Ireland to, uh, to winning the World Cup, the European Championships, and then the World Cup again, I believe, with an absolutely miraculous international save. James Jones, as you would expect, uh, wasn't as successful as Jack in his brief international spells, having been sacked from pretty much every country that uh, the gave him a chance but but there you go what we will do over the course of this podcast here is uh, we're going to still do the question of the week so you'll hear all those wonderful answers that the community threw in you might hear from your favorite person on the DLP who might have a tip for the week for you if you're very very lucky and then after all that I'm going to go through five things to do when managing internationally because I've still got those written down and I'm pretty sure we're recording as we speak now there'll then be a community roundup from our good friend at long ball foot and then we will call it a day and we'll crack on as if this never happened. So folks, we shall move on to question of the week. Question of the week. So we asked the question on Wednesday via Twitter and via Slack, what is your greatest international management achievement being? And we got way more answers than we than we actually believe we were going to because most people seem to think that international management on FM is a bag of bones. At Diogo Mendoza 1969, a regular contributor to the podcast, said, beating Scotland 4-0 with the UAE in Scotland. That's his greatest international achievement there. Furry Bison, at Furry Bison. Bison uh, said winning the African Cup of Nations with Cape Verde in FM10 with Pele in the holding role and Daddy up front. Naturally, we were we were very interested to find out whether it was the Pele and whether Ferry Bison was referring to his own Daddy up front. We had some hilarious chat about that particular one between me, James and Jack. You'll never hear it now, sadly. Uh, at FM underscore adventure came in with taking Kosovo to a finals tournament. Top work there, Matt. Shows you can, uh, can be successful on FM if you really put your mind to it. At FM football manager, Oliver Jensen said he once clicked the wrong button when Italy offered him the job. He resigned immediately, a record he's not seen broken since. 
I understand that a lot actually FM Football Manager because I've done I think three international sort of jobs in my time on FM and I've regretted it instantly every single time because it just ruined the save for me at Register FM says winning Euro 2016 with Belgium in FM 12 who knows we could see Belgium winning an international tournament again this summer but probably not Guido Meri at Meri Guido won a World Cup with Indonesia at his third attempt that's absolutely stunning work there from from Guido and we can almost categorically say it will have been done without strikers at Gaffer Graemo uh, FM Football Manager 2005 in six years he won the World Cup and Copa America with Argentina left and became Spain's manager and won the World Cup and European Championships you kind of should if you're managing Argentina and Spain Graham but but well done anyway Charlie Tango at Charlie Tango FM came in with the win over Jamaica to qualify for the World Cup with Australia obviously Charlie it's only obvious if to the people who've been following your inept international management save on on the higher tempo press but but yeah well done at according to FM uh, last time he played internationally was CM4 and the Nigerian job always came up the problem was that there was only one goalkeeper available on the entire database but Taribo West was there as he always was Taribo West championship manager legend still playing football when he was 58 at Inter Milan now in the original podcast recording James got to pronounce this and he did a much better job than I'm about to do at Diretto Sport FM I believe we're going Italian there uh, winning the World Cup 2010 in South Africa with Norway on FM09 that would suggest that that was the first international tournament on that football manager save so to do it with Norway was pretty damn good was Torrey Andre Flo still playing on on in 2010 or not probably Big John Carew now I think about it a little bit more moving on to at the FM journal Israel to the semi-finals of the 2020 Euros was an achievement I've never been able to emulate even at club level you would do very very well indeed at the FM Journal to take Israel to to any kind of semi-final at club level but but well done at FM Beats underscore said he thinks it was FM09 but he led Chile to their first Copa America title got offered the France job afterwards which he took and won the 2018 World Cup the following summer which the French also hosted been slim picking since that you won the World Cup with France. They'll love you forever. Don't don't worry about too much about what happened after after that. At John PP nineteen eighty three, known as John Paul Williamson, said winning the World Cup with Scotland in FM sixteen at the second attempt only. John Paul, we would have been impressed if you'd even got them to qualify, letting alone going on and winning it. So so well done. At Owls City is ours. I'm guessing Chris Brown is a Sheffield Wednesday fan following that Twitter handle. He won the World Cup and European Championships with England and stepped down and four years later took over Spain and did the same. More luck than good management, I th- he thinks though. Uh, who knows? Who knows? But England always do seem to feel a little bit overpowered when it comes to international football because they always win to see, seem to win something in, in any of uh, any of the saves that I do. Over in Slack, we had an answer from Grubich uh, answering the pod's question. He says he thinks it was four or so versions ago, but he did take the Portugal job basically to steal some talent. He ended up winning the European Championships, but more importantly to him, he did steal the best box-to-box midfielder he'd ever seen. I'm pretty sure that was Jordan Henderson. So thanks, uh, thanks guys for your uh, for all your answers there. Wonderful to see the community are doing their their part of this podcast, whereas it's only us guys or even just me who completely screwed it up. 
Now you're going to hear somebody who you actually want to listen to rather than me just garbling on trying to fill some dead airspace. We're going to chuck it over to at FM underscore grasshopper. Here's your tip of the week. Hi guys, it's FM Grasshopper here, back with another hint and tip for Football Manager 2018 players. Today's tip is, the pass into space touchline instruction would encourage your players to look to pass the ball into open areas of the pitch rather than directly into a teammate's feet. This is ideally used when your team possesses quick players who will be able to reach the ball ahead of your opponent and can take advantage of that extra space. Hopefully it's something as well that Gareth Southgate can listen to and adopt um, with the upcoming World Cup in mind, releasing players like Raheem Sterling, Jamie Vardy on the wings against the Panamese defence and getting out of the group stage. Thanks for listening. There you go, folks. It was nice to hear somebody else's voice on this podcast, wasn't it? That was our good friend at FM underscore Grasshopper and the current FM tip of the week. Of course, if you want to hear a proper podcast this week, you could always uh, always go back and listen to Grass and Gear or even the Tempo 10 or Five Star. All those guys, I'm sure, had their houses a little bit more in order than, than we've managed to do on the DLP this week. Anyway, moving swiftly on, we're going to look at five things to do when managing internationally. Now, we had a great debate around all these things because there's some very good points down here, which I've pretty much lifted from some very well-written blogs about international management over over the last couple of years. But now you're just going to have to listen to me giving you my own guidance, which quite frankly won't be much use to you whatsoever. Number one, tactics. Jack came up with a very good point here. He's the successful international manager in, in this situation. And he suggested that when he gets his international squad for the very first time, he looks at who his best players are and he then fits a tactic around that. That would sound like common sense to a lot of people, but I know that quite a few of us, especially me, when I go and play any form of international management, I will take my most successful club tactic and try and force that on the players that are available to me internationally, even if that does mean playing a central uh, centre forward in central midfield, which didn't work too well with Croatia. So yeah, you want to get your tactics at absolutely nailed on and have something that you feel confident with going into your international career. Number two, set pieces. And this really came from the success that at Andrej, no, sorry, at Andrej in, in Slack, but at Kisi Renzi on, on Twitter, had when managing Hungary in his recent FM18 save. Andrej spends a lot of time working out the best set pieces and spends a lot of time really focusing on that because when you're managing a lower level country, for example, like Hungary, probably are you can gain a massive advantage by by getting the getting a few extra goals and defending sort of set pieces correctly have a look at uh, Andrej's blog for the for the best sort of tips and for the best tips on how to do that side of it very very well and I'll make sure that we link his blog into the comments after this podcast number three staff are pointless well yeah I think we could probably agree with that on international management because you don't get to do any training. Why would you have a team of coaches if you don't actually get to do any training? The only uh, the only staff member that James Jones found useful to him was his assistant manager. And James's routine was that he would ask his assistant manager to select the squad for him, have a look at that, and then make any changes he felt was necessary, rather than having to trawl through the entire national pool each time and put in the in the and find the players that were informed that weren't in the current squad, etc., etc. So don't. Spend too much time and effort checking out 
can you get the best coaches involved because quite frankly they're not needed just make sure you've got an assistant manager who seems to seems to know what they're doing point number four of five things to do when managing internationally is what if your best players get injured now i've thrown that in being being english and uh, having followed england in international tournaments for far too long now and always noticing that lovely trend of our best players not being fit by the time that the tournament comes around i go back to gary lineker in 1988 having hepatitis uh, when we had the Euro 88 championships where we lost to Ireland and Marco Van Basten tore Tony Adams a new one. Going into 1990, we had our fit squad. We got to the semi-finals. Euro 96, we had the fit squad. We got into the semi-finals. But then we went into the era of David Beckham's metatarsals and Michael Owen's hamstrings and, and Wayne Rooney and his feet and, and all that sort of side of it. You need to have a better plan B if your star player is injured. England could be without a fully fit Harry Kane for this World Cup. Are they going to set up a situation with Southgate where he focuses on Jamie Vardy? Going back to point one, where you choose a tactic around your best players, or just assume two or three of those players aren't available, what are you going to do then? Number five, planning for success, uh, four-year cycles. This was something that Guido Meri wrote about on his excellent strikerless.com blog a couple of times, I believe, looking at how he then manages the life cycle of, in, of an international save. It's all very well picking your first squad for your first international friendly, but what might that squad look like in two international tournaments' time, three international tournaments' time? So who are the players in your, in your youth setup who could be highlighted as players that you want a fast track or just gradually bring into into your international arena do you completely trust the clubs that they are with and are you going to ignore what the club might think is a good player or a bad player or are you going to go with your own judgment and use them in the international setup regardless of whether they're getting game time and all those kinds of things so that was a very quick garbled five things to do when managing internationally trust me the original was brilliant you would have learned so much more had i pressed record with that i think we should move on to somebody else's voice yet again uh, we are going to hand it over now for the community roundup over to ian smith at long ball foot the community roundup Welcome back to the community section of the Deep Line podcast, where I get two or three uninterrupted minutes of airtime, which is a dangerous, dangerous thing. I've promised this week to be nice and not to plug my own stuff. Let's see, though, what the community has been cooking up this week. We start this week in the land of Twitch with at Kangar FM, who is streaming a save with Vicenza. He's been preparing for an assault on Serie A with Naki Wells in tow, and together they're looking to survive and thrive. Want to see more? Head on over to twitch.tv forward slash kangarfm. A popular thing on Football Manager to try and do in a save is to bring back an idea or style of play that was iconic. Many attempt to recreate the likes of Pep Guardiola's Barcelona side, but at FM Catenaccio is attempting to bring back some of the principles of, unsurprisingly, Catenaccio. He's in charge of Internazionale and if you want to join him on his journey then it's fmcatenaccio.com for that. Recently there was a database released for Football Manager 18 that turned back the clock 22 years to the 1995-96 season. With John Barnes leading the way and young guns McManaman and Fowler inspiring the side at tales underscore of underscore FM is one of many attempting to take on this database and be successful. And, in doing so, he signed Vladimir Smitser. It's tales of footballmanager.wordpress.com to see how that one ends for him. Do you like bad jokes? Do you like FM? Well, that bad jokes FM is maybe the person for you, and he's continued his move from YouTube into blogging with his creator club save where he brings it back to the bowling. He's attempting to take East Ham to the top, 
and he's just assembled a squad to start with. It's ninjakookiefm.co.uk to see more of that one. Football Manager Mobile is something that is love it or leave it for many in the community, and seeing saves on it is not a common occurrence. Over on the Higher Temple Press, at 1312J underscore, or Jake, is on FM Mobile this year as he attempts to beat Nuno at Wolves. Join him on his month-by-month journey to outdo the impressive Wolves boss at thehighertemplepress.com. Sometimes it can be difficult to immerse yourself in a save, but at Melchester Boss is someone who has gone all-in on their save. Combining Twitter updates with the occasional write-up, you can follow the journey of the fictional Melchester Rovers in all its glory, led by the one and only Rocky Race. That's at Melchester Boss. Finally, a special mention goes to at Der Coppite, who has impressed this week with a wonderful write-up of his save with Leon. Bringing it back to the Rune is a wonderfully written series so far, and he's just finished Season 1 with some surprising results. DerCoppite.wordpress.com for more of that one. And that wraps up this week's community section. That is the end of today's, and I still hasten to use this word seriously, podcast. Episode 120, uh, 27, 128. Uh, Christ, I don't even know what podcast it is. It's gone that badly this week, folks. But anyway, we did our best. Well, we tried to cobble this bit together at the last minute so that you're not completely without a deep lying podcast and we end up being as bad as Samo and FM Pressure by buggering off within three weeks of promising you we were going to do everything perfectly. So uh, if you actually want to follow us anymore, promise you it will be better next week. We can follow us on Twitter at the Deep Lion Pod. You can check out the website deeplionpodcast.co.uk. If you are following us on any of those wonderful podcast things like Acast, iTunes, SoundCloud, whatever, please do subscribe so you get a notification when the next pod is out. Give us a review. Don't review this one, please. I don't think my frail confidence could could possibly take it. But in general, leave us a nice review and tell us the things that we're doing well and the things you'd like us to do better. I have been the Deep Line podcast this week and it's still powered by FMG until they get rid of me in the not distant future. Thanks folks, see you next week. Mm-hmm.